Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pineapple Chronicles. I'm your host, Claudia Benchimo. This week, I had a chat with someone I've known for a few years. We've actually had the opportunity to work together quite a few times. His name is Jorge Hernandez, but everybody calls him Fosforo. And when he starts talking, you will understand why people call him that. He's really been around in Miami. He moved here when he graduated high school from Ecuador. As you'll come to understand if you're not really familiar with the hospitality industry, especially in Miami, people really do rotate a lot from venue to venue. So it's not weird to see, you know, a 35-year-old's resume having multiple, multiple venues where he's worked at. So to give you a little bit of perspective on where Fosforo has worked in the past, he worked at a restaurant called On the Border. He worked at P.F. Chang's. He worked at a restaurant called Escopaso. He ended up managing Escopaso Express, which was this sort of coffee bar located at the Four Seasons Hotel. He was also a manager at Mia, and he was also a partner at Batch Gastropub which is a restaurant in Brickell. At one point in his career, he co-founded a company called Dag Productions. It was a nightclub promotion company. So he was still in the hospitality industry, but in a different area. In 2011, he became the owner of Jacob's, which was a restaurant located around the Cocoa Walk area in Coconut Grove. He was finishing up his studies at Le Cordon Bleu. And when I sat down to speak to him about you know, his life story and everything. He went deep into what happened with that restaurant and his experience and what he gained from it. Currently, he is an entrepreneur. He he dedicates his time to two companies. One is Buzz House Group, which is an events company. And the other one is Proyecto Tulum, which is a restaurant, bar. It's a venue where, you know, you can go grab a drink, have something to eat. What they did was replicate the vibe and the ambience that Tulum, Mexico has. They tried to replicate that in Miami. And I've been to Tulum myself to project to Tulum, not Mexico Tulum. And I believe he did a really good job with that. I also dived in with him about Proyecto Tulum. So I hope you enjoy meeting Fosforo. I definitely think if you're part of the hospitality industry in Miami and you surround yourself with, you know, Latin crowds or, you know, you have a restaurant or a venue or a nightclub or a bar or whatever you have in Miami, you probably know Fosforo. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to my podcast. Hello, Claire. How are you? Thank you for having me. What is your full name? Because everybody calls you Fosforo. My full name is Jorge Hernandez. And why do people call you Fosforo? it's it's a funny story it's when i was young i was like 13 12 years old i used to play a lot of soccer and when i get play get, play soccer i get really red and that's why everybody calls me matches fosforo fosforo in spanish is matches yes <laughs> okay how long have you been living in miami miami i've been already like 15 years 15 15 oh same as me i would at what age did you move here or i'm right now 34 i'm 35 actually wow 35 yeah to the math, 15 days. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> you moved when you were 20. Yes. So you graduated high school. Actually, and then... no. You know what? I came here when I was 18. Actually, I'd be here longer. Your whole adult school. life. Correct. Yes. And then where are you from? I was actually born here in, in, in the United States, in Miami. But I went to Ecuador when I was six years old, to Ecuador. And, and then I came back when I was 18. Oh, okay. Where did you live when you were younger here, when you were born here? And actually, in Tampa. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. I was okay. in that area. 
Okay, cool. So how did you start working in the hospitality industry? I started from the ground, actually. I started as a, in the restaurant business. I started as a server. Then I, I actually did all positions, bartender, busser, bar back, manager, even owner. Like I went all the, all the, all the ladder. Of That's the how you're supposed to do it. It's the best way, to be honest, because you learn, you appreciate it more every position that you, you, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, and when you get to be an owner, you you if a bartender skips a day or something happens, you can hop in and be a bartender or you know how it works. Exactly. That's a plus. Yeah. What restaurant did you start working at as a server? What was the first one? The first restaurant was uh, on the border uh, in Kendall. So you used to live in Kendall? Yeah, oh. I was actually very close and I was very young. That was the first restaurant I started working. That was the first job you ever had when you moved to Miami? Yes. Okay, and then when did you realize you wanted to stay in the hospitality industry, that you liked it enough? I was working uh, for many years in different restaurants, different positions, and then I went to the industry of nightlife, promoter, clubs. So when you combine both of, both worlds, you're in the party scene, you're in the restaurant scene, in the hospitality business. And I, I was working and living that for a long time. You were a promoter, a nightclub promoter? Yes. Wait, which nightclubs? Uh Pretty much everyone in, in South Beach and, and and Miami, like we were very big. We actually started as promoters, and then we had a our own company. It was called Dag Productions at Dag. that time. Dag D A G. Okay, and that was with who was that alone? Uh, it was a business partner that I had called David. Does he still have that company today? He actually does, but we went different ways. Now I have an event agency, and I and I have a restaurant as well. Okay, and that event agency. How did you start working in events in the event scene? Uh, I actually got tired of the clubs. It was good money. It was great for making connections, but it's a it's a it's a rough night, you know. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a club, so it's long hours. It's yeah. When I, and because I was in the restaurant business too, I was working a lot with corporate clients too, and it was better events. It was more, it was more easy everything, you know. And it, it, it's a it's a better industry. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the to the event industry for that reason. But I started from the club business, restaurant. And all that. But that's good because you had the contacts you needed for the events. Correct. I actually, that's something that for, I'm very grateful that I have met a lot of people because of, I've been working in so many different areas and so many great people and, and yes. And so many bad people too. Oh yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> lot of bad people. That's actually. a story for another day. Mm. <laughs> we can do this podcast for a, <laughs> many hours. For a week. So when you started in the event industry, what what specifically were you doing in events? Uh, everything. You know, events, you have to see everything. It's like a, you have to see everything. The beginning, the middle, the end. But what type of events? Because you said corporate events. Any type of event. It can be a bar mitzvah, it can be a wedding, it can be a birthday, a bachelor party. So you would plan these private events? Correct. At the beginning, I was... Uh, People, because I was very well known, a lot of people were calling me for advice, you know, where to go, where can I do this? So I had a lot of high demand on that. So I decided to, you know what, let me, let me cater to all these people that are looking for me. Let me cater to them a, a good experience, you know, like a good venue, a good ambience. And I remember when, when I started doing events, when a client come to me, I will make sure that the main thing is because you work with many other venues, you have to have that connection uh, with the staff and the relationship. So when you bring a client, you have to make sure that their staff is going to really take care of the client. So they come back to you. It's, it's complicated, but it's... So what would you say is the most important thing in bringing these clients to these venues? 
to give them an experience and a good good deal too, but give them mainly a, an experience um, and making sure that if I book you, for example, you want to do an event at Joya Beach, I will make sure I go myself before, make sure that all your requirements are done, you know, and, and the day off, if it's a very specific event, I'll be there, of course, making sure that it comes through the right way. So you spend a lot of time, how you, how you say it in Spanish, en la calle. See, <laughs> sí, en la calle, a lot of time, correct. Uh, that's Meeting the thing, people. you have to be outside. This is something that I love of, of this industry, of this of my business, is that you always meet new people and new people open new doors and as well you have had people <laughs> close doors too yeah. <laughs> so it has both worlds and also in miami people rotate a lot well no i don't know if it's just in miami but it's what i know people in the industry in the hospitality industry they rotate a lot from different venues so like you may know a general manager who worked at this restaurant now they work at this ho hotel and now they go back so so Correct. by knowing that one person you know you have a contact in the hotel where they used to work and at the restaurant where they're now I had a guest in the previous episode, Brian Carvajal. Do you know him? Uh, where is he from? Carvajal. Uh, from uh, Backdoor Monkey? Yeah, he works at Backdoor Monkey, yeah, but he GM. used to work. Yeah, Nautilus. But, but he used to work at Nautilus. And then yes. before that, he worked at Soho Beach House. Actually, I know him because of that, because we did an event at Nautilus with him, with one of my clients. And then we did a, as well something in Backdoor Monkey. So. so that event, for example, was it a public event or was it a private event, like a birthday? or? It was a private event. It okay. was a private event, uh, but, it, but was it was a big a, one. But it, it was, was ticketed. How, do you do ticketed events or just private events? It depends on the client. You know, what I do is I, I accommodate what the client needs and I have to make it happen the way he wants it. So that way he'll come back to me and it, it will be like a bond with me and the client. And that that's how I continue my business because I make sure that the client feels comfortable. He can rely on me and and, and I, I maintain the, the relationship. That's the main thing of this business. Maintain the relationship with the, the people you meet. So don't burn bridges, you know. And yeah. it happens. Yeah. It happens. You do, apart from doing events, you also make connections with your clients, with other people. And you, most of all, I think what I'm understanding is you close um, deals, good deals that you try them to be the best between your clients and venues where they want to work at. Correct. Who they want to work at. And it's, it's a movement of people. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's a nonstop movement. And, and it, it, it's very important who you, you meet, who you get involved to. As well, because it's, uh, I don't want to be discriminated, but something important in this industry is uh, who you're connecting with, mm -hmm. because that's depending what what's the route you're, you're going to take at the end, you know? Also, you never know where someone might end up, because maybe today they're managing the place around the corner, which is horrible. That it's is maybe so like true. a dive bar. And then tomorrow, so true. tomorrow they're managing Soho Beach House. Yeah, that so is true. You have to treat people with respect. Exactly. You have to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes not so nice. <laughs> what always would, nice. Always <laughs> what would you say is your area of ex of expertise with everything that you do? What is the one thing that you can say, this is what I do best? Uh, I would say uh, relations, connections with the clients, making sure that there's customer service. That's something that I'm very picky about, you know, I get a little annoying. I have to control that about myself too, but it's something that I want things to come perfect. <laughs> How much would you say your network is worth for? Like, like if uh, someone had to pay you for your network and your connections, how much would you charge? I would rather not say that. <laughs> <laughs> it has no price. <laughs> which companies and which um, clients have you had in the past or do you have in the present, which you're very proud of uh, that you would say, you know, you've had good partnerships with? I have worked with a lot of clients, but the specific, the, the ones that I can 
tell you the top ones. It's uh, I have, the, have worked with the Hungry Post, uh, Bazaar, Clock Events. And we have done uh, Lolita Foundation. We have worked a lot with San Jude as well. Those I can say that are like the top event clients that, that I still do a lot of business. And some, I can speak for myself, uh, <laughs> you maybe don't work with them anymore, but you still have a good relationship with them. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? At the end, it, it's a it's a business that you always going to, we always going to do at something in, in the future, you know? It, it's an industry that it looks big, but it's very small. The people are mm-hmm. they're in this industry, you know who they are. Yeah. And you are one of those. <laughs> <laughs> What would you say is the biggest difference between doing events and owning and operating your own venue? Totally different. <laughs> because an event is a day, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, a restaurant or a bar, it, it's every day. It's a, a, it's a daily effort. Exactly. But I, rather, I, rather, I like both of them, to be honest. Okay. I, I can live with both of them. Which one is easier? Easier, the events. But because they're one, they're because just one day, exactly. But it's very important the staff that you have. That's a key thing of of an event, your teamwork. And how do you pick your staff? And that's something that comes a benefit of all the years I have been working in so many places, so many events, so many different people. Because when we do events, for example, we work with a different uh, uh, staff. You know, not my staff. Sometimes if I do an event in a in a space, I bring my staff. So to answer your question. All the, all the role that I have been living in this, I have get to know who are the good ones, the bad ones, the great ones. What makes a good person to hire? What makes a good bartender? What makes a good server? For what I look I look to, into is uh, how, how much they care. Uh, when I see people that just want to collect a check, uh, mm-hmm. I don't care about it. Uh, when I see somebody that has a passion about it, what they're doing it and see a growth, that's when I see, okay, this is something for, for a long run, not mm-hmm. something for a moment. And when they bring in new ideas and, you know, they show you they care. I, as well, yeah. Apart from David, which is the one you named that you had DAG with, mm-hmm. which was this uh, nightclub promotion events company, what other partners have you had in the past or which partners do you have now? And you, what is the most important thing about choosing a good partner? That's a good question. My, I have had so many partners. <laughs> it's, it's a real story. I have had, I can't even remember, maybe seven or eight. I don't know if you want me to name all of them. No, I would just maybe not name them when you talk about, like, if you want to talk about any bad experiences that you've had with a partner, then maybe you've said, like, okay, I have to be more careful who I choose next time. Well, all my partners, I have learned a lot, and I believe that they have learned a lot with me as well. Of course, they have the good, bad things, but at the end, I get along with everybody, and, and, and I, I'm blessed that I have them in my life in a time because you, you learn from people, you know, the good and the bad. So I can say that from I get along with everybody, so that's good. That says a lot. And I still do business with all of them once in a while, but not like on a daily basis like before, like when they were my right hand. What What is something that you haven't liked about a partner? Uh, sometimes they're selfish or sometimes they're greedy. Those are the things mainly. And what do you enjoy about the good partnerships you've had? It's a, that's a team effort, team teamwork. I love teamwork. That's something that I, I love doing and building is our teams, so... And who are you? Who are you partnered with right now? Right now, uh, William. He's uh, from Guatemala. He's uh, a lot, his family is from the industry company. They own a lot of liquor brands, and they have restaurants as well in, in Spain and Dallas and other locations. And where? So they have like international knowledge of the business. Yes, which is good. They're very powerful, very connected. So good client, good good partner that I have right now. 
Is he a client or, or no? He's or, a partner. <laughs> <laughs> he's a partner. He's my brother. What company do you have with William? We have Boss House, which is the event. Buzz creating a bus in Miami. Buzz, it's called Boss House. Boss House, like a bee. Buzz creating okay. a bus. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's the event, and we have a bar called Proyecto Tulum, which okay. is our baby. Right now, we are closed because of COVID, but we're gonna come back soon. How long have you been open? Well, how long have you had it? Uh, we opened it for two years, and it was amazing. It's a, a really one open. I've back. been to I've been to Project Tulum. I know, I know. <laughs> what <laughs> I've was seen you what drinking was, margaritas? Uh, <laughs> what was the What's the vibe like? What makes Project Tulum special? What is Project Tulum? Actually, everything. That's it's a paradise. Uh, have you ever been to Mexico Tulum? No, I've never been to. I really recommend you. It's a it's a par it's a marvelous energy place. It's it's fun. It's It has an amazing different ambience from other places. Uh, what we do is that we wanted to recreate Tulum in Miami. Okay. We were, and we did it. Okay, so there was the sand, the drinks. Tulum is more than that. It, it's, it, for example, something very common in Tulum is the smell. The smell, you're going to smell a lot of Copal, Palo Santo. Then the ambience is the music and the people that you have as well. Very important. What's special about the music? It's not a, a party music. It's more like a lounge music. Of, of course, we're going to have days that we do have parties, but mainly our, our vibe is very relaxed, chill mode. You know, uh, we focus on having amazing cocktailery or uh, drinks. We have tacos as well. We do a lot of yoga, meditation. We do... Uh, do you have like events that are with yoga and meditation or... Many. We have many. We work with a lot of many, many brands from actually Tulum Tulum. We do a lot of cross-marketing. We have the best yoga masters in Miami that we have done a lot of collaborations. We have done private dinners, everything. What food do you have? Food, of course, Mexico, tacos. So we focus on tacos. But for uh, now that we're going to reopen, we want to focus more in... Uh, we're going to have tacos as well, of course, but we're going to focus on some seafood. You know, in Mexico, we have great seafood. Okay. What's your favorite thing about Tulum? About Proyecto Tulum. Uh, okay, but Tulum or Proyecto Tulum? Proyecto <laughs> Tulum is that it reminds me a lot of Tulum Tulum, and it's a very peaceful, mindful, energetic space to be. It's unique. And what's your favorite thing about doing events? Getting to know more people. Uh, I love the the drive the, when when everybody's there, with celebrations, happiness, everything. It, it's a it's a something that you feel. You know, you, you should know that, Claudia. <laughs> it's like a high. It is. It is. it is. It's a drug. Especially when it's over. Yes. Not when it's over, over, but I'm saying like if the event runs till 3 a.m. and maybe it's 1.30 and you're like, okay, everything that needed to be done is already done. Now it's time for me to have some fun. That's the best part of mm -hmm. the event, actually. That's where I most enjoyed. And then you stand back with your whiskey on hand. <laughs> Or mezcal. <laughs> and then you look around and it's a good party and you're like, okay, we did it again. We did it again. I like it. <laughs> You're right. What's the best lesson you've learned uh, working in this field that you still think about and apply today? Don't trust anybody and do it yourself. I was thinking the same thing. Wow. Really? Not about yeah. the part of enjoying yourself, but be a little bit more skeptical about people's intentions. Yes. It's, it's, you, people like you, it's hard to rely on people. So you have to do it yourself or you have to be sh sure that you're there and they do it or... And also have check. a good team around you. That's a key. That have the same... And that's the hardest... That's, that's, that's the ladder to success for me when you have the right team. Mm -hmm. How do you know it's the right team though? Time. Mm -hmm. That will be the answer, time. So good experiences. 
whatever time. what like the maybe what happened when a bad experience came by and how you all responded well, sometimes to you it. have to have you have to have heart too you know because people do mistakes and everybody you have to understand but you have to as well be on top of everything you know be a good leader and make sure that your staff is is understanding what you need you know yeah and if they do it right you're good if you do it the wrong way you know you give them one two three chances and then buy mm -hmm. or you know it's good yeah what would you say is the hardest thing about your job let's the, say the events let's talk about the events okay the restaurant the, everything in general is people it's dealing with people negotiating with people and dealing it's, with drunk people Uh, exactly that's obstacles that gets even harder well you got the cops thank god <laughs> they help a lot on that they're quick but yes it's mainly you have to be focused you have to you have to know how to deal with people yeah and that's a challenge and that's the same thing for events as the restaurants 100 that's the thing about hospitality business it's the people business correct the people industry what do you enjoy the most what i enjoy the most In events or in the restaurant and what? Un mezcalito. That's what you enjoy oh, the most. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Actually, <laughs> that's my favorite drink. mezcal. You, do you, ha you have something related to mezcal? Yes. Actually, my business partner, William, he, his family, they own a rum called Zacapa. Okay. Rombotran. And they have a mezcal called Mezcal Sunte. We actually work all with all those brands. Actually, my event agency, Boss House, uh, as well, Those are activations with some of his liquors. So we're, we work together in that area as well. And you also like it, so it's not very hard for you. I love it. And I have it every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day? No, 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 I'm joking. I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> but, I, but I do drink once a while. <laughs> <laughs> every month. One, no, no, I drink no. a month. <laughs> That's something hard in this industry. You have to control mm, <laughs> your <yes>. drinking. <laughs> yes. The weight, the weight gain, and, yeah. the, and the partying is just... It's fun, but it takes a toll on your body. Yeah, you have, in your life, you have different uh, etapas, let's say. You know, the Stages. one you're married, the one you have yeah. your girlfriend, the one you're working a hardcore, the one that, you know, for me, it's fine right now because I'm single. Uh -huh. I am looking for something right now, but I haven't been. If you're like, listening <laughs> and you like Fosforo's voice. Tan guapas. DM us. No, eso no pongas. What would you say you're proudest of in your entire professional life? I will say that if I look at it back, uh, I'm, I'm just gr going up. So because from every position that I have worked until now, it's, it's been a growth. So I, I'm proud of that. That's a good answer. How has the pandemic affected you personally? You, and, you personally and in your job? I have one word for that. <laughs> Brutally. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very, very tough, actually. For me, specific because my two... Uh, My two businesses were, one was Proyecto Tulum, my bar, and the other one was the events, Boss House. So no events because COVID, you can't do events. It's impossible. Actually, I was gonna, I was about to do something crazy in Halloween. I was going to do a circuit location in a homestead, but at the end, I, I didn't went through with that. But events are, are, are on hold. And the bar, I can open now, but now it's, I don't want to open yet. You know, I want to see what's happening. I want to wait a little longer. I'm going to invest my time in marketing mainly right now and to reconstruct Project Tulum. You guys, you're more, well, more than welcome to come in the, in the opening. You'll be my main guest. <laughs> I'll be happy. And uh, it's been tough. And I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends that own bars, restaurants, uh, they've been struggling a lot. Some of them are already closed. Yeah, many places have closed. I think I'm blessed in, in this situation because, uh, funny story, real, uh, we, we at Project Tulum, we closed two weeks prior to the COVID. 
we had an issue with the city of Miami was was some sound problems and and we we shut us down and then COVID came and we were shut down for sure. But things are coming better. I think uh, this next year it's gonna be a strong year for everybody and especially in this industry. Yeah, we're all gonna come back stronger. Oh yeah, stronger and better. So what have you been doing during the the, the past eight months? Planning, planning. Uh, And just getting ready for what's coming. I have a, a lot of projects. Uh, I have like actually three big projects coming up. I I've been working on those, and it's coming strong for next year. And that's a lot of time to work and a lot of time to think. A lot, actually, too much to be honest with you. I wish I can start running now, but I can't. And, and I believe that many people are in the same situation I am right now. But stay strong. Yeah, <laughs> stay strong. What has uh, COVID 19 What's the best lesson it's taught you? that you have to take it easy and i was very acelerado and everything that i do so this a little bit calm me a little bit more enjoy more your family uh, appreciate more people a lot of things you know covid it's a it's a lesson for everybody i gain a lot from it i'm happy i'm very lucky lucky i have a roof i have food i'm i'm fine my family is fine so i can't complain it's just a, a bad just year been a, lot a of crazy stress. year not yeah. even a bad year it's it's been an interesting year Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a bad year either no. because a lot of things have happened that have happened because of the virus. Yeah, 100%. I always finish my interviews with two questions. They can be personal. You can answer them on a personal note or you can answer them professionally like we've been talking about. What would you say has been the best day of your life? Okay, the best day of my life. I always I ask the best day, but you can answer the best moment or the best time in your life. The best moment of my life was <clears throat> when I opened my first restaurant. It was called Jacobs. It was in Comodoro Plaza. <clears throat> that was my my first like happiest day ever. Was my... this in Miami? Yeah. What area is that? Como you know where Green Street is? Uh -huh. Comodoro Plaza? Yeah. In the other corner. Right now there's a place in front called Estrada. Okay. And there, in that place right now, I don't know what's open there, but it's right in front of Estrada. That was my my happiest day, actually, my first restaurant. It What was... year was that? That was 2013, 2014. And how long how long did you have it for? Uh, six months. It was a, it was a, yeah. It was a, it was the best day to open it, but I had to close it fast. I didn't have enough experience. Experience. I was too young. It was one of those crazy adventures that I that I jumped in. What kind of food was it? Where? Okay, so funny story short. This is how it happened. Uh, I had this. I met this guy from Switzerland. He came to the United States to make his dream come true. He, he the invested, American dream. Exactly. He came with $150,000. He said, I'm going to build my restaurant. And he had a crazy menu. But he had fondue. He had chicken, steak, pasta. And he was operating his business very poorly. And I was, in the other hand, I was graduating as a chef at Le Cordon Bleu. And one of my friends that was working in his restaurant... Uh, call me and tell me Fosforo come in and this restaurant right now the owner's dying maybe if you come with some money you can buy him out and the restaurant's ready has everything it's a mm -hmm. restaurant that has everything so I, I go check out the place I negotiate with the with the owner that, at that time and yeah it happened we we took uh, we turned the key we got we got the lease and we start operating but like I said like I mentioned before we, we were not I didn't have enough experience to have like a, a restaurant at that time So my food cost was too high, mm -hmm. my labor cost was too high, my menu was not the right one, and we had a lot of past debts that this the other owner had. That you had to take 
I, when were- I pay him, like we did a turnkey, I, I would. I didn't do it the right way, let's say. I didn't see the books that I have to see. Mm-hmm. So at the end, I was suffering. Every day I had to pay so many stuff. It was a struggle. So I had to close it. Six months, but it was an amazing experience. It was one of the best days of my life. And, you learned and I don't regret it. And you learned a lot. Were you by yourself or did you have another partner? I had a partner at that time. His name was Sebastian. Actually, he's opening a restaurant now, my friend, called Palo Quemado. Okay. In Colo- I don't know where it is, but. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was my first partner, actually. On another note, what has been, this is sort of like a down, what has been the worst day of your life? Or worst moment? Or worst? I won't forget that one. That's very easy for me. The worst day, I have that very clear. That was the day that when I opened the first restaurant, I was super excited. And at the same time, I was going to school at Le Cordon Bleu and I was a chef. And I was like, I'm going to do my menu, this and this. I was all excited. And... When I opened the restaurant, I, I remember I was telling you at the time that I work in clubs and everything. So I, mm-hmm. I learned a lot of people. So I have a drive of, of a clientele. So I was the chef as well for my restaurant. So I decided to do a grand opening, but it was too soon. Mm-hmm. So the worst day of my life was when I decided to do this grand opening. I was the main chef. I had a sous chef, but he was poorly trained. I'd have him for two days. And the day of the grand opening, my restaurant blows up like crazy mode, like party of 10, party of 12, party of five, party of six, but like nonstop. And the sous chef that I had that day hired for the grand opening came late. Mm. So I was by myself from, let's say, 6 p.m. until like 9 p.m. The rush started at 8 p.m., fully tables, tables all booked. The waiting for the food was an hour and 30 minutes. That was the worst day of my life. I oh wanted to run out of the kitchen. I don't know, but I, I just have to hustle it. And a lot of people left that day. Some people stayed, but it was the worst day of my life. Wow, you can trace it back perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I was so stressed that day. It was killing me. Well, the worst day of my life is something similar to that. Yeah? You were present the worst day of my life. Please, share it with us. What was it? You don't remember? Well, we have had many... No, yeah. no, no. The worst day. Oh, okay, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I, actually, I actually remember that was New Year's. At Christmas, I'm Christmas. sorry. And that was horrible. It was but so they, they really, bad. Yeah. That, that's one of the things that, for example, it was the fault, like, in la culpa of their staff. Yeah. Their staff was not on point. They didn't. So what, what do you do when things like this? So for people to understand, to have a little bit of context, I have an events company. It's called Clock Events. And I had, I was doing this uh, Christmas, this Christmas night uh, party. And in Miami, it's not really a thing to do Christmas parties. Uh, because people just stay home with their families, whatever. And I think, well, me and my partner, we really thought that was a misconception and really people really wanted to party. So we did this event and it was, the whole logistics was crazy because it's, uh, it was a place located on the 50th floor. So you had to wait for the elevator to go all the way up and all the way down. There was only one elevator working. There were three, but only one was working. Only 20 people fit in the elevator. It would take 10 minutes to go up and down. But I thought... I had, I don't know, I think it, like, the venue fit, like, 1,500 people. I thought I was going to have, like, 1,200 people. That's what I thought. The day of the event came, and it was about, like, 2,500 I remember. I was there. It was, like, double the amount of people that I thought. And the staff was horrible at this, this, I'm not going to say the venue, but the staff was horrible. 
the they 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 didn't have enough bottles for the amount of people I had. The logistics of the elevator was horrible. I think at one point in time there were more people downstairs waiting to go through the entrance in the elevators than they were upstairs. And then at the end the party was supposed to be till five. I had the contract till five, but the lady she was so like she just wanted to go home. She was so tired at four a.m. She just disconnected the the music and she was like, "Everybody go home." Wow. <laughs> yeah. Bye. And then that was horrible. She got fired because of that event. She deserved it. Yeah. That's 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 something. For example, that's a problem of this industry. That's a crazy experience that you yeah. had. And she kept the Tupperware of mine, a uh, little Tupperware, because I took her Christmas dinner, like my Venezuelan Christmas dinner. I prepared her a Tupperware so no she way. could have dinner that night. And then I took it to her with like little utensils, and she was like, "Oh, thank you." And then she fucked me over. Wow, that's people. <laughs> and she see? never, and she never returned my Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get that back. <laughs> I'm gonna have to call her for that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. I'm so happy you made it. No, thank you for having me, and I enjoyed this too. Is there anything you want to add? An A in your grade. <laughs> <laughs> that's really not up to you. <laughs> It's me again. I hope you enjoyed listening to Full Sort of Story. I definitely did. And I also enjoyed sitting down and having this chat with him. Full Sort is a person that if you're in Miami and you don't know him, you really want to meet him. He's, I think he's really cool. He's in on it. He knows everybody that has to do or that is involved in any way with the hospitality industry in this city. And if you're a part of the hospitality industry in Miami, you probably do know him. And if you don't know him, I would highly suggest getting in contact with him because he really is one of the most hardworking people I know. And if I have one thing to say about him, it would just be reach out to him. He has great ideas and he's very hardworking. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the third episode of the Pineapple Chronicles. This was Jorge Hernandez or False Photos story. I'll see you guys next episode.